Hello, hello. I am Ashley Caudill, Senior Instructional Designer at the School of Education and Human Development at the University of Virginia, and welcome to Designed for Online. This episode of Designed for Online is our Ask Ashley segment, where I'll be joined by my colleague, Jenny Corals, who is the Director of Online Initiatives at the School of Education and Human Development at UVA. In the Ask Ashley segment, we're going to answer questions we've received from faculty in hopes that we can help you in your instructional journeys, whether you're new to online teaching or you're a veteran and just want a couple quick tips, or even if you're an aspiring instructional designer. So, Jenny, how are you doing today? Any good PD that you have done lately? Hey, Ashley. Always good to be here. Um, You know, it's been a weird PD semester. So, um... I've been doing some self-led things around giving students feedback, and I'm super excited to talk with the School of Ed and Human Development about that a lot more next semester. Um, And I read a great book, so I can't wait to talk about that too. But yeah, I don't know. I've seen some low numbers in professional development. So I've actually, I don't know, I've been a little bit bummed about my, my PD experiences this semester. What about you? Well, I will say that I am a little sad about our numbers too. (laughs) And um, I feel like I'm just, I'm tired a little bit, but I will say that recently I found out about a good PD that I'm going to be doing mostly starting in January is when it's really going to kick off. But we have submitted to be able to work on an e-portfolio project with a bunch of other people within the University of Virginia. And as well as somebody else is going to be working with me from the School of Education and Human Development to really dive in and implement e-portfolios into our curriculum. And so I'm really excited because I've done a little bit of e-portfolio work a few years ago, and then I haven't really done as much lately. So I'm really excited to dive into just talking about e-portfolios and how they can really benefit students as well as our programs. So to be continued, but I'm really excited about that, even though it hasn't started yet, but I'm hoping it's going to be pretty good. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like we both have some exciting things to share next semester. So hopefully everyone will come back and hear about what we've learned. Yeah, definitely. Um, So speaking of just things to talk about in PD, is there anything that our faculty want to learn or what questions did they have this week? I do have another great question. And this faculty member wrote, uh, Dear Ashley, I was reviewing my course evaluations from last semester and I received feedback from students that my courses are very text heavy. What are some ways I can start to incorporate more media into my classroom? That is a great question and one that I hear a lot actually. I have some online faculty who really rely on text because they it's just something that they're used to and they think the best way to introduce the content is to type something up, which can be great, but sometimes that causes our courses to be a little text heavy. And so I am from a multimedia background, so I am going to tell you about all the multimedia things um, because I really think multimedia can really help vary and enhance the learning process. But before I give these recommendations, I want to say that my number one rule before you incorporate multimedia is to really stop and ask yourself before integrating anything, what is the information that I want my students to learn from this lesson? What is my end goal? 
and how advanced are my students with technology? And the reason why I say this is sometimes technology, just doing some nice new shiny tool might be really great, but it might not actually get to your end goal. So really make sure that you're thinking through what exactly that you want your students to learn from it and then what your end goal is. And if you say, you know, I really think this technology is going to be beneficial, then go for it. And then also we have some students that aren't tech savvy. I feel like that's a very, um, it's a misconception that some of our faculty may have is that students of this day and age are really great with technology. They can pick up anything, but I found that to not be the case. So just really make sure before you dive into some of these really intense um, technologies that might be more advanced, just make sure your students feel comfortable with that or make sure you're providing some recommendations for support, whether it's um, instructional videos, materials, or just a support hotline, something like that. But I have a couple actual suggestions. So my first one is to create bite-sized instructional videos for your students. And I say bite-sized because sometimes students' attention spans, they're not gonna wanna watch an hour and a half lecture video. So a lot of studies have been talked about this, but five to seven minutes for instructional videos really seem to be the sweet spot because students' attention spans really kind of dip off after nine minutes, I think it is. Um, and so five to seven, just quick little bite-sized instructional videos. And I'm not saying that if you hit seven minutes and 10 seconds that you can't use it, but five to seven minutes is your goal, but make sure that video is meeting your objectives. So if you have to go to an eight minute video because you haven't met all of your objectives in the video, that's completely fine, but really try to target that five to seven minute video. And if you're gonna do videos, maybe even do a video-based quiz. So that way you have an opportunity for your students to really engage with the content. And then you also could get some analytics on how your students are feeling about the content. Do you need to make another video or do you need to do a deeper dive or maybe a study session with your students about a certain topic just based on what those video-based quizzes are? And I'm not saying they have to be necessarily for a grade. They could also be just as a comprehension check as students are going through the content. Um, I'm a big fan of podcasts, so I hope you guys are too since you're listening, but just varying <laughs> up the content of a podcast or an audiobook, just get them a little bit, just get them away from a computer screen that they might be have, they might have been on all day. So just something with audio based um, movie clips or music videos can be a really great way for you to start a conversation. Again, I say movie clips, not an entire movie, unless it's obviously like a film adaptations course, but just some simple movie clips that you might be able to pull concepts from might be really great. Um, I'm a big fan. Oh, I have one. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Maybe, maybe a gif. I mean, just, you oh, know, like yeah. some or meme, you know, just something a little really short and funny but that could connect to the content or, you know, generate conversation. I'm sorry I interrupted. I just got excited. No, you should get excited. And that brings <laughs> up a good point because I had a faculty member who had as an extra credit assignment, she said, create a like meme or a GIF in, um, that was related to the content. And she got some really great um, things back that were really, it was just a fun assignment for her students and for her to just see. And so I know I enjoy that. I'm always for a good animated GIF all the time. Um, but, um, Jenny, have you worked with H5P before? That is a great interactive, um, platform or a way to build interactive activities that I have implemented in the class. Have you seen some of the cool things that people are doing with H5P? You know, I think I had an H5P like flashcard activity. Um, and I thought that was 
really helpful. I was getting exposed to a whole bunch of new terminology and just the fact that I could do it. And it, it wasn't for a grade, you know, it was just something I could do as many times as I needed to, to feel like I really got that lingo and then I could move on to something else. So yeah, I loved that. I haven't built one yet. I build a lot of um, interactive or, or activities and articulate or um, some other tools. Um, and I like those too. Um, I know that that's a little different for licensing, but hey, ask us because we can help you. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big fan of H5P. I have built some activities in H5P and it's super easy to use. They have a lot of great like drag and drop activities, branching scenarios, and it looks really, really pretty too, which I'm I'm a big fan of. I like to make things pretty. So no, it's definitely worth checking out. And I agree about sometimes I really just, I'm a big fan of comprehension checks just as a way for students to just, you know, check themselves and it's low stakes. So that way students don't feel the pressure of, Hey, I'm taking this really big quiz. It was just really nice. I think to embed those into your course. And then lastly, I have um, used two video based discussion tools one being VoiceThread and one being Flipgrid that has had great success. It's just a different way of doing a discussion among your class. So instead of having everybody write out their um, discussion posts and then reply to two peers, whatever the standard in your class is, it was just a different way for students to be able to talk about the content. And I found that some students that I have talked to that use these tools, they, for some reason, when it comes to a video, they feel it's less scary. Like it's a more conversational, they feel more comfortable and confident being able to talk it through than having to type it out. And um, I don't know why that is. But I for me personally, I feel the same way that when I type something like in an email, it feels so much more permanent than if I just like did a quick video. I don't know why. (laughs) But I am just more comfortable on a video and being able to talk about things as opposed to having to write it down. Um, Jenny, you are a student. So what types of things have you seen? I know we talked about H5P and animated GIFs, but is there anything else that you've seen that you really find beneficial or anything that you've done in your professional career? You know, I I love what you were talking about in terms of video-based discussion. And I know sometimes you just don't want to bring in another tool. So something great about Canvas is that you can just go ahead and make any old discussion board a, a video or audio-enabled discussion board. So you can at any point in time, you don't even have to do anything. You can just give directions that are like, hey, click on this thing that's already in the Canvas discussion board menu. And you could create um, a quick little video recording or audio recording right there. And I I think that's super helpful um, because no one has to learn a new tool. It's all native to Canvas and uh, you can try some of this out. And then if you like it and you want some more features or functions, you know, then go for a VoiceThread or a Flipgrid. Um, let's see what else. Um, I also like when faculty um, use multimedia for feedback. Oh, so yeah. when we talk about things being, yeah, text heavy, sometimes that text, that kind of long message back to a student about maybe a written piece of work can be o- really overwhelming. Those annotations in the document itself, absolutely keep doing those. But maybe you can do some kind of very nice feedback sandwich via video because there's something about getting some, I don't know, positive criticism um, from someone who's smiling at you and explaining 
that feels a little different sometimes, right, than that like long text paragraph where it's just this list of things that you have done wrong or haven't done that well. And so I think the delivery there could, coming from a multimedia place, right, could be really, really helpful and just maybe differently received. So something to think about if you've never tried that. No, I think that's a great idea. I was at a conference, I don't know, like pre-pandemic, and that feels like so long ago. Um, but I was, was. A, <laughs> I was at a conference and um, there was an instructor that said that she had implemented the video-based feedback and it was so well-received from her students because she actually recorded herself looking at their assignment or their paper, whatever they submitted for the first time. So they got to see like her or they got to hear like her wheels turning, seeing where she got caught up in with maybe what was confusing, things like that. And she said that it just felt more personable to actually talk through it um, on a video than just typing up some comments. And one thing that she did, because she said that she had found that it could be time consuming to do these video um, walkthroughs of her going through and grading. So at the beginning of the semester, she would ask her students, what type of feedback do you want? Do you want the typical annotations on it? Do you want just overall type of feedback? Or do you want like as detailed as possible where I'm going to dive in and do these video walkthroughs? And she said she got it a lot of a lot of different variety of what students really preferred, um, but a lot of them really catered and really preferred the video walkthrough or just even an audio recording of her talking about their assignment submission. So I definitely agree that that is a great way to get rid of some of that text and built in some multimedia, because as you've mentioned, Jenny, Canvas really makes it really easy to do those things. So it's not anything you have to add on or anything. It's just a really a simple click to be able to do that. So great recommendation. Oh, thanks. Uh, One last thing. Don't put it on yourself. I think you can ask the students to really be your partner in finding media. So that could that could look a lot of different ways. It could be looking at the library catalog of some videos. It could be finding some things, you know, like TED Talks or or something on YouTube that kind of connects to the content thinking about our discipline specifically, there's tons of video out there of people, you know, practicing an instructional technique or um, looking at data or something like that. You know what I mean? So um, it doesn't always have to just be you. That can be a, a fun way to get students to be more immersed in media without even necessarily adding it to your course. Um, and then of course they can hopefully find something great. And then it might be something that you can keep for future use. I love that. I enjoy it using things for more than one purpose instead of just one semester find something great use it as many times as you want as well as long as it's applicable to the content but big fan (laughs) (laughs) big fan well that is all the time we have today thank you jenny for joining me and thank you to our listeners i hope you got some great takeaways on how you can make your course a little less text heavy and how to implement some multimedia talk to you soon